We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. We're recording on the locker room app post game after Kevin Durant had an all time performance. We're also going to talk a little All NBA today. We might even talk a little uh, Dijon Mihailovic to the Warriors. Just now, we're saving we're saving that for later in the week. Just a heads up to everyone. I have a special Serbian guest coming on the pod so we can actually discuss this coach. It would be unfair to do it right now, but there's more important things to get to in this mm. moment. Mm. I, I don't even know where, I, where to rank this Kevin Durant performance in his all-time performances. When you factor in 48 minutes, it's it's just all-time. Like I'm at a loss for words. Like He finished with, what, 49, 16, and 10, something like that. I don't even think those numbers do it justice. Yeah, I think the 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 most incredible part was he was the playmaker the entire time. He had the ball in his hand pretty much the entire time. I guess James Harden was out there, but uh, James Harden was, was – he was out there so Bruce Brown or whoever the hell was, wouldn't have to dribble the ball, ball or Joe Harris, who looked petrified out there tonight. So he wouldn't have to dribble the ball. Uh, but other than that, like it was it was a KD show. Honestly, the, the, the entire game I watched that, I felt I – felt, I just kept getting angrier because of how bad the Bucks looked. Sam, it, it, it a lot kept a serious game away, but this was just a pathetic performance by a team that honestly they should have won by at least fifteen. At a serious a serious team would have been up twenty five at halftime. When the when the or Bucks they up went like thirteen, right? They're up thirteen at the half, something like that. Just incredible. Yeah, some or fifteen. But at that oh, point, I, did, did you not feel like through the first two and a half quarters they? They were just letting the Nets hang around, and the Nets were missing shots. They like, I mean, like you said, Joe Harris was terrible, and it wasn't just him. Like, literally, no one was hitting shots in the early part of the game. Jeff Green got really hot, which is funny, but um, it, it was one of those things where it's like, man, you really should be blowing these guys out if no one's hitting shots and they're down Kyrie and James Harden is laboring, can barely move. At all, James Harden five total points tonight Jeez. in forty six minutes. And it's not I, like I'm he played. I'm not gonna. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say anything game bad game. about him because like he could barely move. You could tell he was banged up. But man, the Bucks. I mean, I'd already. I was already like ninety nine percent out on them as like a serious <laughs> team. We just, you know, I, I never want to hear about them. They've reached <laughs> lob. They've reached lob city Clippers status for me, where you're just like. 
all right, it's cute. You guys get some wins in the regular season and you, you beat up on Russell Westbrook and, you know, you, you, you dunk all over Zach Levine. Yeah, I think that was that was just years and years of this. And now they have Drew Holiday, who's supposedly a lot better than, than Eric Bledsoe, and they kind of still look the same. And it's not really like Drew Holiday's fault. I just you're watching the game, and you're like, damn, it is kind of this kind of if your best player is is cramping up the offense like that. You're playing five on four, but are you playing five on four? I felt like they're playing four on four because Harden didn't play defense. But then like Giannis, they're just taking one guy entirely off of him. Every time Giannis drives to try to take a charge, so it felt like it was four on four out there. Um, but back to Katie, I'm trying to think of the best game he's had since this game. Probably game three, the game that he made that shot over LeBron. Would, would you say that was the game that was like, all right, like that was the iconic game that I felt? Uh, I think so, because as, one, right? as much as we like to troll the Cavs, and they deserve it, and they deserve every bit of it, but that 2017 Cavs team was legitimately it's incredible, excellent. And that was probably the highest level basketball I've ever seen in terms of both teams being incredible. Like they, they needed every bit of that KD type of performance, but tonight was just one of those. I mean, it was like magic Johnson in the finals without Kareem, the type of, um, you know, it was like MJ with Scotty Pippen with the messed up back in the finals. Like the only thing that, the only thing that keeps this off of those all-time lists is this is the, you know, conference semifinals and those those happen in the finals. But it's like same concept. Teams down their other stars, you know, Harden <laughs> really just limping around. And Kevin Durant just took it over by himself. Yeah. All-time performance. Uh, all-time performance. It was kind of crazy. You're watching this and it did feel like a uh, it did feel like a Western or excuse me. Wow. Western Eastern Conference Finals game. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the Warriors in Houston a couple of years ago. You remember that when they played in the West? <laughs> what do you mean you remember that? Of course you remember that. What's the conference semis? Where yeah, did like you that? know they played in the, the, the conference finals? Yes. <laughs> KD goes down, obviously. Uh, and then it kind of everybody was like, oh, like, you know, Houston might win, blah, blah, blah. And then, the, and then Steph goes out and scores 33 in the second half. They win that, and it felt like they were in the NBA finals. This kind of felt like that type of series, right? Um you know, we'll see if Kyrie comes back. We'll see if Harden gets healthier. I, I'm I'm not optimistic, but it felt like that type of uh, felt like that type of vibe. It felt like the Bucks really just. I don't think they gave it away, Sam, but it, they they should be very embarrassed about what happened. They should be. They this is they do not have an easier path to win a title than they will this year. Um, you know, all this all these random circumstances, but the fact they can't seize the moment yep. just. I mean, the team needs wholesale changes because I feel like when teams get into this level where they're, you know, consistently dominant in the regular season but fail in the playoffs every year, you got to shake it up because it's going to start – it gets starts getting toxic after a while, right? <laughs> but Giannis, Middleton, Drew, like why was Brooke Lopez in? Like it's not one guy. It's like, damn, you're watching this and it's, it's everyone. But – yeah, I mean, we could we could go three hours on every mistake Bud made. Like, at what point do you stop playing drop coverage on Kevin Durant? The 18th mid range pull up he hits, the 19th. Play, like, what Giannis are you doing, man? KD. Like Giannis, yeah, like <laughs> KD's running a simple pick and roll, or he's going ISO. PJ had no chance. And honestly, it's not like Giannis can guard KD either. The few times he guarded him, KD goes right by him because he just has unreal. Um, lateral movement that nobody has for a fucking seven footer, but you should at least try, like try to put Giannis on him. It's, it's, I, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, felt, it do felt to me. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about Bud <laughs> because there's 20 other podcasts, which will give you that content. 
Um, it felt to me like their strategy was let's just he'll wear down if he has to play every minute. Steve which Kerr is strategy? The Steve yeah, I, I hate I hate that type of coaching because it's like you're trying to be the smartest person in the room instead of just attacking him. You know what's going to actually make Kevin Durant wear down? Like throw two bodies at him and and just get physical with him and actually try to defend him because he could play probably a 90 minute game if you're just going to give him space and let him just pull up into mid-range jumpers the whole time, you know? Like it, it's just it's such defensive coaching. It's so overthinking it, thinking like in the long game you'll win. Like no, he's He's that good. If you give him that kind of space, like you're you're playing with. I think long game. Uh, I think long game. The Bucks will win, but they're not. I think long game. Bud will be right, but the Bucks won't be in the series. Like I think Katie probably. Yeah, won't but that's that's like re- in the NBA that's like, like regular like, season but the Bucks strategy. Be in the finals. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, right? Because it's like you don't you don't have the talent, and I think like you're watching the series, and I'm like, there's no way Katie can do this. He has to do this again, and then he has to do it against Philly, and then he has to do it in the NBA Finals. Like that is a that is asking for a lot. Like he does need the guys to be healthy. But again, like if you're Bud, you're not going to be in the finals. Like so, what are you? What are we doing here? But let's move on, Dan. Let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. let's move on. Actually, I want to hear listeners tell me where yeah. they think this ranks among Kevin Durant's best yes. performances. Obviously, he was on the Warriors for three years. He had some amazing performances for Golden State. Uh, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment on this one, but this one felt very special when you consider full 48 minutes. Uh, and I don't know, man, that was, that was as impressive a basketball best, game as I've ever seen. Best player in the NBA performance. Best player in the NBA performance. That's like a top NBA. 10 player yeah. of all time performance easily. Absolutely. We should talk about one other thing before we open this to questions. We want to, we want this to be kind of a listener call in night. Um, all NBA came out today. Stephen Curry naturally made first team. Mm. Were there any surprises for you on the, on the teams? Like I, we did a pod about Steph being third in MVP voting, so I don't think we need to rehash his season, especially not tonight. But um, were there any surprises on the ballot for you? Um, well, first off, Steph wasn't unanimous. So who do you think, Sam, voted uh, Steph as the second place uh, guard? All NBA second team. All yeah, NBA. We, don't, we don't need to do that. <laughs> um, I think that it was it was kind of depressing seeing Jason Tatum lose like thirty mil plus because he didn't make an All NBA team. Um, I know you're a big proponent of, of someone like Bradley Beal, but uh, Bradley Beal was barely on a playoff team, and I guess some of that was 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 just a team yeah, not being but, good. But Tatum was also barely on a playoff team. I just, I just, yeah, I, it, that, that part sucks. Like, I just wish, I wish he had made a team. I, I don't know who you would take off. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really care about the other NBA teams, but it just, it, it really sucks when uh, you've got guys that are voting and, and Jason Tatum loses 30 plus million. Like, oh, like, what are we doing here? He should have been all NBA, right? Like Jimmy Butler, I guess you could take off there. J- J- LeBron James, you could take off there. Why was LeBron James? On I feel like, so, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I was going to say my only take is LeBron making the second team. You're not happy about while that. missing a third of the season, he played 45 total games. Uh, that's just that's just a, a little reminder of how access media works, in my opinion. Because I think there was first off, LeBron's a lock to make All NBA if he's healthy all year. But is there anyone who would make All NBA if they missed 27, 28 games out of 72? Like I, I don't think so. I think this is very much about media members not wanting to lose access. 
And that's what was going on there. Like, he would have been left off in any other. Yeah. I mean, I it's got like the, it's like when Tim Duncan and those guys got their all-star nominations when they were in the back end of their careers. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not anything we don't know about LeBron, right? I'm surprised he's not first team. I'm surprised he didn't get first team over Jokic. He did get two first team votes. I can get, I can guess who those two voters were. I think Joe Varden. But that doesn't matter. You think Joe Varden does he get a vote? Maybe he no voted. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh I do it, think it's insane Devin Booker didn't make a team. That's the other uh, name. to to your to your point, Bradley Beal. Um not a huge separation between him and Devin Booker. Devin Booker is still in the playoffs and was on one of the three best teams in the NBA regular season wise. So that shouldn't have been a question, but you know what? I kind of want a two seed, but yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to open this to questions. I want to get into, give me your favorite Kevin Durant performances or give me your all NBA takes. One or the other. Maxwell, what's up, my man? Hey, uh, regarding the KD performances, I would say, I don't think this is number one. I think that game three in 2018 is his best one just because of how bad Steph, I mean, it, it was ridiculous how bad the supporting cast was in that game. He, he carried us in that game and that's not an exaggeration. And I think just, are you talking about 2017 or 2018? No, no, no. 18 when he scored 40, okay. I, I believe it was 46. And that was following the, the monster LeBron game one where everyone was like, Oh, don't even compare these two guys. And Katie had a subpar game one in that one. So I think that was a, a, a mon- that's up there. That it probably is number one. And my, but my personal favorite moment is the game three against the Clippers in 29, game three or the game six in that 2019 Clippers series, because that was just so badass. Like the shot right. making was some of the, that's the most ridiculous shot making I've ever seen. I mean, Steph and Kyrie have had some performances like that, but for me personally, that's the sickest shot making I've ever seen. So I, I, I think those are my favorite. KD performances. And if it's all right, I do have a question about about KD. Go for it. And so when you watch watch this game and you see his playmaking and how great it is, I always thought the offense would have looked smoother if he like when he played for us, if he was the initiator instead of Draymond. Because I think he's a better playmaker than Draymond. And I always felt that we gave that role to Draymond out of pity because that was about the only useful – that was the only thing he was good for offensively. And I really think the offense would have looked better 
if Katie was the playmaker. So what do you guys think about that? I mean, obviously we still, we, we were as good as we were. Like he was there for three years and we would have won three championships. So you know, you're not going to get better, but I mean, you, you, you know what I mean? Do you think it would have been even slightly better? Too much, uh, too much pre-workout from my guy, Maxwell. Too Maxwell, much, I, too much. Too I much mean, yeah, I, I do think he, uh, he has a point with Katie's playmaking, but like the reality of the matter was, um, Steph, Katie, and Clay are all capable of functioning off ball and playing secondary, and Draymond's not. So that's the reason the offense was that way. Like you and I, you and I both know, like Steph didn't, doesn't always love the fact he has to like be off ball. It's just what he has to do to make the team play the best they can. So I don't know. I don't need to go into it. It's just kind of uh, like, what, what else are you going to do with Draymond when his, yeah, best skill is, his best skill is passing? It's not shooting. It's not like finishing inside. It's passing. So, you know, and, 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 and every, what Harden did tonight, you know what I mean? That's all yeah, you do. All those other guys like KD and Steph can play any role on offense. They can play on ball, they can play off ball, they can play three point line and go inside. Like it's kind of an easy choice for a coach. If those are the players at your disposal, which one you're going to have the ball revolve through because he can't do other stuff. You, you do remember real, real quick before I get to the next guy, that Clipper series, you remember when, um, uh, he was, that was his, he, he had started using the phrase top locking, which not everyone used, which is hilarious. Um, but that was when he started shooting more. Um, and he started isolating more. He started kind of saying, Hey, this is my team kind of thing that I thought was going to be, that was the postseason where he was going to be everyone's quote unquote, best player in the world's uh, postseason. I think people kind of forget that because obviously he gets hurt, but, um, but that, I think that was, he was on his way and then he obviously tore his Achilles. So that's a good call out. By, Maxwell. by the by so, the way, stay off stay is, off the coke though. Jesus Christ, relax. <laughs> um, by the way, KD is almost two full years. He's like a couple. We'll call it two full years. He tore his Achilles basically two full years ago. No, um, you're right. So you know, yeah, from right. a from a Clay Thompson, from a bunch of other guys' perspective, like it's really good to see. You know, Kevin. It's good to see anyone after that kind of an injury be able to come back, but especially someone as special a player as Kevin Durant. So, all right, we can keep moving. Next caller. Will, what's up? Yo, what's up, fellas? Um, after breaking it down, I think that is probably the greatest I've seen Durant play because you, you go back to 2017, 2018, you know, he at least had Steph and Clay on the floor, uh, you know, all like our bench and all that. James Harden, hey, hey Landry, Landry Shamit, and Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, and James Harden, basically, you know, Steph Clay and Draymond. Oh, James Harden was—I mean, he was a fraction of his old self out there. I mean, it was embarrassing to watch. He probably shouldn't have even suited up, to be honest. No Kyrie. It took Jeff Green going Clay Thompson for them to essentially have a chance in that game for seven of eight from downtown. But given that the defense knew where the ball was going after they took, you know one glance at what Harden was able to do and what, I mean, that dagger he hit at the end too. I mean, just my God, uh, I got to give it up to him. Uh, does Budenholzer get fired after this series? I mean, this is like three straight years of embarrassing knockouts. If, if they do eventually lose to the Nets, which, you know, I think this game five is, you know, a huge shifter within the series. So does Budenholzer get canned is kind of where I'm leaning towards at this point. Well, appreciate the call. That's, 
I mean, uh, Andy's a huge Coach Bud fan, so I don't think he'll. (laughs) Somebody's got to get the blame, you know what I mean? And part of me watch, but like watching this game to me, I was like, yeah, Bud gets the blame, but damn, Giannis, you're gonna have to fix something. You're too young. If Giannis is mid thirties, or excuse me, like low thirties, like I'd be like, okay, this is who you are, but he's too young to be. uh, He's got to improve. It, that's simply it. You get get a ten foot mid range jump shot or something like LeBron. Just in, LeBron, in but yeah, I, I, I just want him to have an in between game so yeah. bad, man. It's Please. like because because he's gonna always put pressure on the rim. I never got like the obsession with threes with him. Like it just give me a give me something you can do to counter when he hit like the free throw line floater. Like when he turns around and shoots that like little push shot, he has so little touch on that thing. And and look, I'm not a seven feet guy with huge hands, right? But like he, it looks like he just has no idea where that ball is going. It's coming off the side of the rim. This is, so it's just, it's very ugly. You know what? This is actually a victory for Steve Kerr because in the regular season, you don't even have to go there. Like they're gonna just roll teams playing, right, which they've done, you know, kind yeah. of Mori ball. Like he's gonna dunk a bunch. Everyone's gonna hit a bunch of threes. There's no need to work on the counters because you don't even have to. And then you get to this moment and you realize like as talented as he is and as good as he is, he doesn't have counters to deal with when teams kind of seal off the paint when he can't get to his spots. So. Hey, one more thing, get the next guy on, for example. One more thing, Steve Kerr would have done a much better job than what Bud has done so far, but without a doubt, without a doubt. Absolutely. All right. Oh, is this the legendary Baltage? <laughs> yeah, what's up, guys? Oh, can you hear me? The weekend. <laughs> what's up Walter? what's up man <laughs> i've seen the pics what's up man oh yeah everyone thinks i look like the weekend but uh not much uh i actually don't have a question about kd or like doll and I, I actually had a question about wiseman if that's fine yeah go for right. it yeah so basically i was just wondering uh like do you guys think there's like a difference of opinion between how like front offices view wiseman versus how like the draft guys and like media view him because basically like all the draft guys in like their redrafts like Kevin O'Connor, Mike Schmitz, Pelton, Vassini, uh, like Wasserman, they all basically had Wiseman on like the cusps of the top ten or like outside of it. Um, but basically, like I've noticed, like front offices kind of view like measurables like as like way more valuable than like those guys for some reason. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great question. Like, what do you guys? Yeah, basically, what do you guys think about? Like, I'm guessing it's because like they think they can like mold like those measurables into like I don't know like something of value versus like the draft guys kind of just look at like your talent and like just look at your field. But yeah, I was just wondering what you guys think of that. That is a great question, Baltej. Um, I do think you're kind of hitting on the uh, the basis of it. Um, NBA teams view prospects more through a lens of kind of what is their absolute ceiling like you can't teach someone to be seven one you can't teach someone to have a seven seven wingspan you certainly can't teach someone of that size to have that level of athleticism and coordination um there's a reason you know like the Warriors front office is so enamored with him because they think if we're light years ahead of everyone we should be able to develop him into being a good player right um yeah yeah. Meanwhile, I, th- I do think a lot of those, um, a lot of draft guys are more, they're more focused on what they see than what it could be. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a little bit numbers. Maybe it's a little, you're going to get fired 
trying to overproject someone, but there's a little more, um, it's a little more about what's in front of me versus what it could be. I need to, I need to know what Haralabov Vulgaris would have thought about James Wiseman. That, that's really what I need to know. Uh, <laughs> no, I think Botash, I think Botash makes a great point though. I, I think the, the toolsy stuff, I think Hunter Bishop I like is the comp that I like now. That's just, I, it's just a guy that I think of because Hunter Bishop is incredible athlete. The, he's a baseball player, Giants minor leaguer, drafted basically because he's incredible power, incredible tool set, but not really a refined baseball player. And I think that's James Wiseman. Just incredible size, length, shoot. By the way, that's that's there. a thing in that's a thing in baseball with every team signing mm. players mm. basically at the youngest age. It's like get him into our development system. Like we can't teach someone to have quick wrists or athleticism or like any of the athletic tools you value in baseball. Um, so, you know, get the guys with the best tools in our system and bank, we can develop them. I do think actually basketball is probably moving that direction. Um, I just don't know that they're there yet. And I don't, I don't know the Warriors are there yet at all either. Um, <laughs> well, I get it. I, I get yeah. it conceptually. I think, I think the truth, is like most things that lies somewhere in the middle. Like maybe some people are a little over enamored with physical skills of some players, but maybe some like uh, draft guys and numbers guys are a little too harsh on young guys with a clear level of talent who haven't figured it out. You know, it's, it's somewhere in the middle, right? We can I, find, we can find great cases of both. Like Draymond is a peak case of terrible measurables, but like every draft guys like, numbers and everything projected like he just has an innate feel right yeah i mean that was i i didn't really watch watch much of draymond in college but just the first season i watched draymond i was just like well he can't shoot he can't do much on offense but goddamn, he knows how to play basketball like that dude was the smartest dude on the floor as a rookie <laughs> as a rookie he was the smartest player on the floor and uh he's been that way since i mean ever since he's been in the league so uh yeah i mean yeah, I think I think I think end of the day, the best teams find a way to balance all those things and take it all in and figure it all out. And we'll see if the Warriors can do that. I don't know. I mean, I think you know. if, if they wanted a guy that was that had skill and and ready to go and and had that stuff and didn't project as high, they would have drafted Halliburton. Like that was the guy, and, and sure would have been able to help. But but they went. And he's and, by the way, he's an excellent player, and he's gonna be a good player. But yeah, I agree. But you know, he's gonna he's probably gonna be a fringe All Star at his peak and. And James Wiseman, maybe never gonna, even going to be a good player, but he is also has a chance to be an all-star too, right? So, right. So higher, but, higher ceiling stuff. Tonight's not the best night to make the the, the comparison, but like he, he could be, he could be like Giannis. I in was a few literally, years. Oh or God. or you know, he could be Hashim to be right. Like all right, all right, you can go, you can go, you can go either. Like, all I'm saying is like that ceiling is significantly higher than Halliburton, but like the chance of bust is also higher. Keep him moving. I don't want to hear no Hashim the beat. Keep him moving. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a little more. He's got a little more coordination. Than my guy. Longer arms, you think? <laughs> no, just more coordination. Ricky, what's up, man? So I had a question um, regarding um, the uh, report about the new um, Warriors hire for the sure. uh, coaching staff. Um, so I was also listening to um, the Warriors Plus Minus podcast earlier today, and uh, you know, the one guy, Tim Kawakami, said they would take at four if that's where the Minnesota pick landed was uh, Jonathan Kaminga. And um, so kind of like in light of this uh, new coaching hire, is there like an ulterior motive besides, you know, developing Wiseman as in 
it's a, a signal that they might take Kuminga if that's where the pick lands? It's a fair question, Ricky. I actually don't think so. I just think they wanted to freshen up their coaching staff. Like, I don't think it's like we really want to draft a specific – anyone they draft is going to be a project. If they're on the roster, they have to figure out how to develop guys better than they have. Right, Andy? And it's just like um, I, I don't think it's in context of like they're really eyeing a specific guy for a pick. I just think it's they felt like the coaching, the development staff was – I don't even want to say subpar, but like not up to what they wanted. Yes. Um, I don't know if there's an ulterior motive. If there is, it is not anything I don't think that Sam and I know, um, although Sam's sources may. Uh, I, I I think it's just something hey, – look at who left. Jaron Collins. Um, Theo, Theo Robertson. Theo Luke Robertson. Luke, 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 uh, whoever that guy is. But, like, the rest of the guys, Chris DeMarco, um, Bruce Mike, Fraser, Mike like Brown. Those, Mike Brown, like those guys are still there, right? But like they're not going to be in the same role, and there's a reason for that. To me, it just feels like a team that understands like we need smarter, straight up, we need smarter guys. We need we need impact coaches right now because we, we need new voices, we need new ideas. Mm-hmm. Basically, yep. look, they're not they're, play, they're not going to fire. They're not going to fire Steve Kerr. He's too successful. Well, you don't. Good. Yeah, he's good. You and he's a good coach. You don't. You don't fire a coach just after one subpar year or one year where you think he underachieved. Um. So, but but it makes sense. But they help had him out. Kind of, yeah. Help exactly. Him Bring in some new voices. It'll be interesting to see how he manages a staff of people who aren't his buddies, so to say. Right. Like, um. <laughs> like I don't think he has a relationship with Mihailovic. Um. On on like on like that level, like the way he does with like guys who've been on a staff for seven years. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think it, it bodes as something that could give the Warriors a major competitive advantage because like one thing we complained about all year was they had no clue what to do with James Wiseman, right? Like the talent was obvious. It's just like literally figure out a role for him. So he doesn't just look like a 19 year old, like just lost. In the wilderness. I don't know. That was a little dramatic. So that was, uh, I didn't know you were going to go there with the coaching and all that, but I agree. Uh, let's get some more goons up. All right. Jake, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Um, my personal opinion on this Kevin Durant game is this is probably his second best game behind that game three in the finals. But pure performance, I, I could think it's his first best game. Just like the shot making tonight was insane. He was getting grown man rebounds and even had defensive possessions. Like he was ding up Middleton. He clanked one off the side of the backboard. Like he's had a death grip on this whole entire game. Um, and then one question I had is a little bit about the hire. A weird part of me feels like they're almost outsmarting themselves. Kind of like feels like a smile each type thing with this foreign coach. And he coached Jokic. You're like, <laughs> oh, we'll just get the best coach. But. I think they do have the message. It seems like they got embarrassed a little bit and they're making moves, rightfully so. It doesn't seem like we're getting gaslighted anymore. It seems like we're all on the same page. So I was wondering, do you guys think the front office is on the same page as us or are they just kind of doing things, running in circles? <laughs> doing things, question, running Jake. in circles. Put that shit on my shirt. Does anyone take a crack at that <laughs> I can't say Sure. That. I mean, I, I will say this. Mihailovic is... Um, he's sought after like he's not smile geach was not sought after <laughs> let's just let's make that different let's make that uh 
let's make that clear. Like you have Jackie McMullen writing pieces about him a year ago and you have like the GM of the Nuggets, Tim Conley, talking about how he's trying to hire him. You have the Spurs trying to hire him. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good coach, but my point is he's someone who is coveted by NBA teams and that's a little different than Smiley Beach. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, Look, it may, it may work, it may not, but you know, J- yeah. Jaron Collins is not coveted around the league. Even Mike Brown is a, is a good guy. All these guys are great guys. The Warriors, they all they have are great guys. But look, man, like shout out James and Michael McAdoo, great guy, just an incredible human being. I'm sure he opens doors for 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 every woman that walks that walks out of a building. You know what I mean? Like, just, um, but you know, we're looking for smart guys too. We want we want great guys and smart or women. Or woman, right? Like mate, Becky Hammond, <laughs> send her over. Although I think she wants to be a head coach, but you know what I mean. Like, like we got to get some smart people in here, and uh, that's what the Warriors are doing. Just new, um, just new, just new ideas. We've all sat through, we've all sat through meetings where you're like, I know exactly what my boss is going to say. I know exactly where this is going. Sometimes you just need a new voice in the room. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, we got we got a couple more questions, then we can get out of here. My guy, Shick who often has terrible connection. Shik, you there? Hello? Hey, what's up, Shik? You're good. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, on the the subject of KD, I mean, this is a really encouraging performance to think about with uh, Clay's Achilles situation. So do you think, I mean, KD's recovery has kind of been predicated on his long rest time. I think he was set up for like 18 months. Do you think Clay should take something of a similar approach for his rehab, or should he kind of just go as soon as the Warriors doctors tell him to go. Because, I mean, I don't know how much I trust the Warriors medical personnel at this point. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a crack at it. But I don't know how I feel. Uh, the Warriors medical staff, I don't think they've done anything out of the ordinary. I think a lot of these Warriors injuries are just Whoa, kind of fluky. Katie's, Katie's, kind of Katie's about to Yeah, you know, like, I don't think that's it. I, with, with the clay stuff, that's such an interesting question. I don't think you can send him 18 months. Part of why KD sat there is because pandemic. It's just timing, right? COVID. And yeah, it just, you know, he wasn't going to play that first season anyway in pandemic. But KD would have played if there wasn't, like, if he was ready to play in that whatever mark, 12 month mark and season what's going on, KD would have played. KD loves nothing more than to play basketball. Same with Clay Thompson. So it's just a matter of, and I think Sam, you're going to say the same thing. He's, He's gonna play in like December. He's just gonna play like 15 minutes a game. Like that's yeah. That's it's I, I think it, it is. I think the Warriors just have to put him on some sort of minutes plan, as opposed to not play him. So Kevin, th- there's two ways to go about it. You sit an extended period of time, like KD, and you know KD wouldn't have sat that long if the pandemic didn't happen. So that's a little fluky. Or you go the Rudy Gay route, where it's kind of like. 20-ish minutes, and then you ramp it up and no back-to-backs. And I think, Andy, you probably feel the same way as me. If I can get 25 minutes a game for 60 games out of Clay Thompson, but he's, like, ramping up come playoff time, I'm pretty happy with that. Like, for me, it's it's going to be frustrating when he's sitting in winnable games in December or, like, you know, in, like, January, stuff like that. But, like, long-term, what matters is him building up strength and, like, slowly getting back to being able to play 30 minutes a game or, like, God forbid, doing what KD just did tonight, which was, like, super huge. This this is where I trust um, Steve Kerr fully. 
because Steve Curry is going to play the long game no matter what. Not chasing those wins. <laughs> he is not yeah, he is not gonna chase wins. He is not gonna play uh he is not gonna play uh Clay Thompson more than he needs to. I, I think that's where I'm absolutely confident. He's not gonna get if Clay Thompson wants to play in a game where it's close, Kerr's not gonna play him. Like he's not gonna get run over by by his player. So I think that's that's Yeah, he's he's not gonna go full Tibbs. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh god. I mean, Steve Nash tonight didn't look happy that he had to, that that KD played forty eight. But what like KD got Steve Nash the job? You think Steve Nash is going to say KD you got to sit, right? Like, right, like it, right. it worked out today. And so so anyway, I don't know why I made that point. I, I'm just I'm confident that Steve Kerr is going to handle it correct next season. And I think best case scenario, like you said, twenty five minutes all season long playoffs. Hopefully, he can play thirty. You know, fingers crossed. No back to back. Yeah, it's and, and it's it's going to drive Clay insane that he has to like sit on the bench in a close game and can't get in there and like it, it that does suck like and you know of all people clay really hates that sort of stuff so but it is what it is like at this point we're hoping that the worst of clay's injuries are behind him and it's about like the road back to getting him back to being a 30 plus minute per game guy and that won't happen next year but hopefully the year after all right last caller matt what's up man Hey guys, can you hear me? Matt, awesome. Hey, thank you for having me on. First time caller. Uh, just a quick observation. Basically, a man of the hour. Uh, notice KD didn't make an All NBA team. Obviously, I know he missed a lot of time uh, in the season. Just thought he may have uh, taken that personally. And uh, obviously, KD favorite moment. Uh, obvious Golden State Warriors fan. Uh, game three, right between LeBron's eyes. <laughs> That's a great way to end it. Um, you know what? I'm not surprised everyone's favorite moment is KD dotting LeBron's eyes in game three. You guys should say that. That should be Warriors fans' favorite moment because that was a pretty fucking awesome moment. That yeah. was uh, that was the shot and the signature moment of the first or second best team of all time. I mean, like, <laughs> right? Like, that's it doesn't get any better than that for a playoff team that went freaking 16-1 and one and rolled through the regular season and was just – I mean, they were a perfect basketball team. Offensively, defensively, there was just nothing that you can do against that team when they were locked in. I just, I was there any words? The peak of Steph, the peak of of KD, the peak of Clay, right? Dre Iguodala, Sam, the peak of Zaza Pachulia. Was there anything better? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's very rare you get to see Steph, Clay, KD, and Zaza like four superstars <laughs> on one team. Nah, we're going to end it there. Shout out our guy Zaza. Um, hey, you know what's next week, Andy? A week from today? A week from today is the lottery. A week from today is the lottery. Uh, we, we we do have a draft show coming up in six weeks. You guys should buy your tickets. But a week from today, we find out where the Warriors pick, and then we get to really ramp up into drafts. Live locker room, of course. Let's get started. All right. Let's go. Appreciate y'all, guys. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.